Well, everybody, the world has not ended yet, and we're glad to have you here with us while we're still around. Welcome back to The Road to Providence, episode number 18. We're glad to have you all with us. Today, we've got some wonderful guests, uh, but of course, I've got my co-host as always, Sam. Sam, how are you doing first off? Uh, hi, everyone. I don't know if you can hear me. I'm hearing no. very weird sounds right now. I'm going to... Can you hear I mean, me? I, I can hear you, man, so... Hopefully this works out. Okay. Yeah. Sam? Sam, are you there? And he's gone. All right. Let's hope Sam joins us soon, hopefully. But today we are joined by two two great guests. We got Eric from Rebel with a Cause and Jose Galison of No Way Jose. How are you guys doing today? Wonderfully. If I was doing any better, I would be Jose. <laughs> accurate I, I mean he's in a children's <laughs> bedroom so i don't know how you should necessarily how high the standard that is <laughs> oh hey. here we go and sam is back that's sam Everything's working. i don't know what that that was very weird <laughs> no you see dark tom woods changing up the uh, the tactics again mm. yeah jesus christ all right well welcome welcome to the show everybody glad to have you here what a world we live in isn't it guys it is <laughs> indeed <laughs> quite yeah so while we were we were just discussing this a little bit before the show began but i kind of wanted to touch on uh, the fact that jose you finally followed followed through on tower power hour you drank the cat milk what was the experience like i mean uh, you can watch the show and find out but i mean i guess to kind of burst the bubble it wasn't that bad but it wasn't that good I mean, like, I, I don't know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be, but it also wasn't really that bad. Like, it's not something I'd throw up from. I could drink a whole cup, and I'd just be like, I kind of equated it. It tasted kind of like someone had, like, 2% milk that had a little bit of soy in it, and they left it sitting out for, like, a day or two. Like, that's, like, <laughs> and then you drank it, and you're like, well, this milk tastes kind of weird. You're like, well, I'm thirsty, so screw it. I'll drink it, you know, like, but, you know, like, there's something off. <laughs> I've heard so it gives you big guns. guns. Is that guts. true? Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I don't really have that big of guns. No. <laughs> uh, I drank uh, bird spit one time. So like the bird Chinese spit. restaurant. Yeah. So some Chinese restaurant was really good friend with a friend of mine. And anyway, they gave him like a jar of bird spit. Apparently they climb like mountains and stuff. And <laughs> from these like birds nests or something pour like this bird spit in, it's like a Chinese delicacy or something. Oh, but right. yeah, I drank it. <laughs> At least that was the story you were given. So who knows? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, have you ever have you seen that meme where where some guy orders the really spicy sushi and they put spicy, 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 and there's a note that says "Make his asshole burn." <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't oh, work on me. I'm a redhead. I enjoy spice. Well, I mean, I guess we got two of us for St. Patrick's Day. Yep. Uh, Jose, are you, <laughs> Jose, are you Irish or are you just Mexican? Like your first, like your name seems to indicate. Argentinian. Um, Argentinian. My, my oh, grandpa spoke German, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, you, know, you got to adapt with the times. No, I don't know. I, I think there's like either Irish or Scottish in there, but I, at the same time, I also just don't care. I don't know. <laughs> like mysticism, it, it's kind of like the, that matters to your me. Astrolo uh, astrological sign. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, ne never something that really mattered. I, I, obviously, I have that one family member that says we have Indian in us. 
I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I guess that's good enough to get a college job. I don't know. <laughs> like, like what, like what kind of Indian? Do you mean like the American Indian, or do you mean like the Indian that has like this little recording button on the forehead? Supposedly, there's a Cherokee in my family. I don't know. That was just some shit uh-huh. my grandma said in her old age. So I don't feather, know. not dot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't trust. Um, I don't trust those Indian women. They're always recording. <laughs> Dude, no cussing out too, man. <laughs> I just Googled the bird spit thing because I was curious. And yeah, it is a thing. It is a thing? Wow. It is a thing. Wow. <laughs> okay, but so yeah, I'm the racist that, that asshole. Like... Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, they, apparently oh. the birds make their nests with uh, edible saliva and yeah, weird stuff. So. I mean, totally saliva. normal stuff. I love the Chinese. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll ground up deer antlers and that they say that gives you an erection. So there you go. Yeah. Industrious people. Oh Lord. All right. So so guys, I think if we want to touch on like just to kind of start with the absurdity of the world, I kind of want to touch on this grand video. Uh Uh-oh. prayers from Ukraine. I'm sure you guys have you guys are very <laughs> familiar with this. Actually, I haven't seen this yet, so this should be fun. We played on Tower oh. Power, yeah. That's great. I love this video. All right. I'm the proof when I'm in a booth, spitting on the mic. Santa Bax, Putin hates all of them blacks. Putin is a bad racist. Put them in the ground, white or brown. And I'm in Plano town. And you oh, know Plano, you. Texas, of course. I'm a pimp. I own a blimp. It lasts a stack and shrimp. No, you can't stop my shine. I'm number 99. And you know. You see this lady in the background just like kind of just like trying to stop herself from laughing in the process. I'm amazed that they let him go on for so long during that. That's that guy's shtick though, that he gets onto these things and this is what he does. I think they yeah. have to let him go on too. Like they have a certain amount of time they ha- they have to be able to speak. Yeah, yeah there's I mean, rules and stuff. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I want to see if he can. Like, I want to email him and see if he can come on our city council. That'd be hilarious. He probably sure he would. would. He's he's been on Tower Power Hour before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He did a, he did a live just... troll there. So, oh, I watched that. Was that. A, yeah, who was that? Like, was that Portland, uh, Oregon? I don't remember. I think the Portland it was one of those northwestern states. I yeah. think yeah. it was in Washington. I know that much for yeah. sure because I I sent that video to my dad and he got a kick out of it. And then he saw him on Elijah Schaefer's show. You are here, where his cat was just walking around the studio, jumping on people. <laughs> that's that's I mean, hilarious. That guy's got a, he he's definitely he's got a thing with his cat. But I, I guess we well, should. We all have a thing with our cats. I can so, sympathize. Okay. <laughs> yeah. By the way, all that right. chick is never going to sit in that seat again because all of the upskirt shots right there. No, you can't <laughs> see nothing. But uh, yeah, no, she was the best part of the video. Her in the background, she's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right. Well, let, let's finish this off strong here. Ukraine and I go insane. Put a bullet in Putin's brain. You know that is the plan. I'm a Zelensky stand. I love you. Vladimir Zelensky, you are so smart. What's the smell? Did somebody fire? No way. What can you say? Fascinate me straight or gay. I love you. 
and I love to. And you got that sanitizer. And you know I got sanitizer. that sanitizer. Oh no. You know I stick it in my vein. Put a bullet in Putin's brain. <laughs> Do it for the Ukraine. Before I go inside. Oh. Let me antibacterial my body at the party. Sip it Bacardi. You know the flow. And I am a pimp. Cause I am on the blam. Eating lots of steak and shrimp. One more time, I'm 99. And you know I grind and shot. Gas prices way too high. Vladimir Putin needs to die. Gas prices way too high. Vladimir needs to die. I'm the truth. She broke. She broke. Take a picture. I'm a winner. Oh, there goes the jacket. For dinner. Okay. I just want to say, I love you. We need to take out Vladimir Putin. Like Lindsey Graham said, thank you, Mary Mons. I appreciate the time. Peace. God bless you all. Yeah. So <laughs> Alex Stein is moving up in the world. By God. Plano, Texas, everybody. Plano, Texas. Yeah. How far is that from you, man? <laughs> oh, when I used to live in Dallas, that was like right down the road. You know? Oh, okay. Because I know, because I know, I saw that Tom Woods tweet earlier today, which Michael Malice just quote tweeted, and he was talking about how it takes him five hours to get across Texas. Like, how do you people live like that? How? Dude, every, everything's bigger in Texas. You're, you're going to drive for the entire day if you go from Houston to El Paso. Jeez. That's just how that is. <laughs> What's a long drive across Minnesota too? Yeah, north to south, from south to north. Yeah. Yeah, I know Texas is huge altogether. I was stationed in multiple places there for a minute, like during my training for the military. But like, yeah, they were definitely different places each place. But like, Texas is huge, so like, I know the difference between one side of Texas and the other could probably be no different than like one side of New England to the other. You know, so yeah, yeah. And sometimes, even if you live close to your work, it's still going to take you over an hour to get there. <laughs> I mean, that's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas, even the traffic jams. That's right. Yeah. Really? August is not a good time for your air conditioning in your car to ever go out, too, by the way. Just you know, bring a gallon of Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like, just uh, like going to Texas, it sounds so appealing because it just sounds super nice down there and everyone sounds super friendly. And, but the idea of driving five hours just to get anywhere in that state just. It, it, it burns me inside. It's just like I, I cannot comprehend driving for five hours. Yeah, well, I kind of trolled same. Tom Woods with that one. I just said personal helicopters. I mean, at the same time, though, the distance from one place to another is 100 miles in Texas, 100 miles somewhere else. So you're still going to be roughly yeah. close to whatever you need. So it doesn't really make a difference. <laughs> I mean, I guess you have some weird, you know, obsession with your state. Sure. But, like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Move to Waco. Yeah, then you're, like, right in the middle of everything. Yeah. yeah Including or, or the fires. New, downtown New York or something, maybe. Go live in New I York. wouldn't recommend that. But. <laughs> yeah, don't live in New York. It is funny how some of the New England Move states. Move right so next to Michael Malice. Some of the New England states <laughs> will drive through and it'll be like a blip. You're like, oh, we're in this state. Oh, we're out of the state. <laughs> it is pretty wild. That was, Hello, like, Connecticut for me. Goodbye, I was, like, in and out of it and, like. 25 minutes it was it was ridiculous yeah isn't connecticut is connecticut is like it's not as small as delaware right no, but it's like yeah. one of the smaller ones well, not as small but if you're driving out from new york 
through Connecticut. It's it's going to take you less than thirty minutes to get through it. Maybe I'm misthinking, misremember which one Connecticut is because I'm like I feel like it's kind of beefier for New England State. <laughs> yeah, I just remember it's like it's the one directly underneath Massachusetts, I believe. Like if you look at how it's Massachusetts kind of has like that little tail at the at the bottom right, well on the e- the southeast, you I think Connecticut's right underneath there. Well, I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm not. I've never been. Well, I've been to New England once, but not for very long. Well, you're right. It is one of the smaller ones. I'm wrong. Yeah, it's one of the smaller ones. Yeah, Delaware, I think, is the and or Bert's Delaware or Rhode is Island the is the smallest. Yeah. See, one of the things I really like about New Hampshire, especially, and I could go on about things I like about New Hampshire, but it since it seems like it's a really small state. So for like the drive that it would take me to get down to the Twin Cities, it, I could probably drive anywhere in New Hampshire and just get go to wherever it is I feel the need to. Like if it was like Porkfest or something, I don't know. I could probably live in like Manchester or something like that, or one of the smaller towns, and then just drive up to Porkfest. Yeah, one of the. Uh... The Free State Project, there's a lot of them that live in Keene, New Hampshire. Because hmm. it's just kind of central to everything. Nice. Where, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, that, that, I'm a fan of New Hampshire. The Free State Project has really been blowing up. It's kind of cool to see. Yeah, especially if they're floating the idea that they are going to put it up for a vote to disaffiliate from the United States. I thought they. Yeah, I thought that already cool. got shot down and killed in committee. I heard yeah. about that. Yeah, Representative yeah, Sylvie, I believe his name is, because I wrote a piece yeah. about it. Uh, it came pretty you can close. Get uh, Alu Axelman on because he's up there in the Free State and uh, he does a lot of the reporting about it. It wasn't just like a few votes away from being. But the thing like is, thir- people do thirteen need, votes. People do need to remember it was a vote to have a like public vote on whether they should. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Ballot initiative, right? Yeah. Something like that. And it was Which only the a way few that votes you would, away. That's yeah, that's, cool, that's how you would do it is you would just put it up for a vote every year for your state to stay in the union. And if they don't show up the vote, then uh, it counts as a, as a no vote. So, I mean, it get blown, blown the fuck out either way. Like if it went to there, but you know, it's, it's progress, you know what I mean? In a certain yeah. sense. So, yeah. And there'd definitely be a civil war. Oh, of course. I don't All know. It, it really depends on the. I, it really depends on how it goes about. This is why, like, I like to. I like to talk a lot about like soft secession. I think, like, if states just start kind of sort of behaving and don't, there's not any really ne- real need to do everything super formal. Like, for example, when it comes to like the marijuana stuffs, a lot of the states are just like, man, we're not doing that, and they're like, well, we're the federal government and we have purview over that. And you're like, okay, we're not doing it. So like. It wasn't even they ever were like formally like, I mean, I guess they sort of did, but it wasn't, I don't know, like say with like Florida, New Hampshire, if they just start behaving like they're their own separate thing, they don't ever really need to do a formalized like, uh, hereby declare we are no longer part of the United States, blah, 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 yeah. you know, so. Yeah, as long as you get good sheriffs that issues are issues with like credit cards and stuff FBI like that, agents. I think, but. Yeah, that's what you need. Outside of that. Yo, just hear me out. We start doing citizens arrest of FBI agents. They kick down your door. You cuff them. (laughs) That'd that'd be pretty sweet. I mean, I think uh, at that point when they're kicking their door, cuffing is going to be a little hard to do. Like that's the equivalent (laughs) of when you see those videos of people that teach you how to like fight it back against armed attackers. You know, like when the the person with the knife, like just grab the knife and then. (laughs) Yeah, like yeah, it's probably going to work out like that. (laughs) Yeah, I used to be a. a big uh, fan of the Detroit Threat Management Center. 
because that guy was, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, we're, you know, we're doing the cops jobs better. And then he gets on TikTok and he starts posting all of these self-defense videos and they're all goofball, uh, stupid McDojo crap. And you're like, oh, no, (laughs) I can't send anybody to your website anymore. You see what you (laughs) do. Serious now? I can't tell if he's joking or not anymore. Like, did he kind of just figure out he's getting a lot of views and now it's just completely yeah, making that's, it up? Yeah, that's all, that's all it is. It's, uh, clout. Some of those are really funny. <laughs> it's just like, oh, if they have a gun at you, you just move your head forward and move the gun away. And it's like, oh, whoa. Oh. oh. And then do a like, flying yeah, arm bar. Less than a tenth of a second. And stab, 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 and you're, you're in the clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, listen, all you need to do, they point the gun at you, you jump in the air, wrap your legs around their neck, and then pull them down backwards. Trust me, it's guys, on- it'll work. I think, I think you're supposed it's- to do the same thing you do with like a bear sighting where you just play dead. Just play dead? <laughs> play no, dead. it's like he watched a whole bunch of Bollywood action movies, and like all of the Bollywood actors, they do all of these crazy, insane stunts and everything. <laughs> I wonder like, if that oh, would we'll work, though. You know, someone tries to rob you, and you just fall over and play dead. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, maybe fake a seizure or something. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy on Reed's show. Sorry. Yeah. No, he didn't fake that, did he? No, oh, that was no. like an actual <laughs> it was like an actual seizure. I mean, given the context, I can totally construct an argument of why he would <laughs> fake it. But, I mean, I'll give him benefit of the doubt and say he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, funny story. Yeah, he, I do dork. Door to door sales, and I I met a lady. She I forget what the phobia she called it, but she does not leave her house, and it was completely dark in her house. Yeah, agoraphobia. Yeah, she told me that like I would know what that was. Apparently, that's the thing. It's the fear but of yeah, agorists. Has... <laughs> <laughs> As an agorist, no. Uh, yeah, so she, her windows were all blocked and everything. It was, it was kind of funny. But, uh, well, also oh, we, we get to see yeah. that on Twitter every day because nine times out of ten, if I see some stupid shit take, you know, I go look at their bio and it's just lists their mental illnesses. And I'm like, oh, OK, you're just a crazy person. Oh, Fantastic. OK. Wow. <laughs> Neurodivergent. If you're ever using that word to me in a sentence and you're being serious about it, I'm going to laugh at you. Yeah. Just about the only sentence I'll accept it is uh, accept that in is that the word neurodivergent is retarded. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. But Twitter is uh, Twitter is simultaneously the greatest thing ever and also the worst thing ever at the same time because there's just so much cancer in it. But then you can find just these little chunks of gold on that website when people just act in the stupidest way possible. I don't know how to feel about it. And I spend too much time on Twitter now. It's the best thing ever. I don't spend the enough time ever. on Twitter. I don't tweet at all. That's the correct answer. <laughs> yeah oh, how many so, people visit you a day david i always hear your doorbell going off oh that's just my brother going back and forth i don't know what he's doing that's not my that's not my doorbell i'm I, i'm at my workplace because i work here oh. with my folks so i got a little setup here just at my desk ah. here no oh, okay. i love it back wall bookshelf, desk, whatever. I got my this little setup one of those here. situations where it's like you're really at home, but you're trying to play it up like, oh, these are just my roommates. Like, that, that's what's going no. on here. <laughs> no, legitimately, this is where I work. Like, Yeah, I don't live in my car. 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you guys would ever think I live in my car, but I, I totally don't. Sam, Sam, when we were at that meetup, why'd you take all of the why'd you take all of the Jimmy Johns? Like, are you are you starving, bro? No one was eating the Jimmy Johns, and so I'm like, well, I'm gonna eat the Jimmy Johns. Who doesn't eat Jimmy Johns? Oh man, if we have a little button that says excuse alert, just to show it up underneath <laughs> your face there. Yeah, I, I usually, if no one's eating the food, I usually pig out on it. I'm just like, well, I guess this is my job, you know? Yeah. I don't know what, And you I look don't... real thin, so I automatically hate your living guts now. <laughs> <laughs> I even oh, think well. about yeah. looking at bread in the wrong way, and I gain 10 pounds. You bastard. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, but, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Sam lives in his car. I wouldn't be surprised there. I was actually thinking about it. Like, I just got this new car. I wonder if I could just fold the seat down. There's probably enough room I could just sleep in it. I mean, you probably could. Find you, like, a truck stop, and you're good to go. Like, if I didn't have a wife and yeah. kids, like, I wouldn't care. Like, yeah, sounds like, a lot man, cheaper. Man, find yourself some lot lizards to keep you keep you warm at night. Oh, gosh. I'm literally you guys, just you guys have no idea about the lot lizards. Don't, don't speak that evil <laughs> out loud. It, it will show up at your door. Kind of like the Wendigo or something like that. They're pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad is an over-the-road truck driver, and uh, every summer he would take me out as a teenager. You know, I was younger than David Brady is now. And you get the, uh, the, the fat lady that comes up and starts knocking on your door. You want me to give you one, baby? One what? Syphilis? Gonorrhea? What are we talking about here? <laughs> oh, Lord. That that finally explains that that explains a lot about Tower Power Hour. Is that how you got how is that how you got Reed? Did you Jose? Did you just go like knock up on his window one night while he was parked at a truck stop and be like, "They him. come and join me"? <laughs> no, we actually got him in the early days when he was very like. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's still like kind of is sort of like the Liberty Uni stuff, but like he was really pushing it. And this is when he first kind of came to the scene, and Dave kind of like sort of introduced him to the scene. And a lot yeah. of us, especially tower guys, were kind of like, look at this fucking faggot. And like, <laughs> and then we talked to him and we, we kind of was like, okay, I can kind of see what you're getting at a little bit. Like, like, yeah, you're saying nudity, but it's like, you can also like, there is like a little bit of a, a not unity with everybody type stuff. It's unity that with people who will unify type deal. Uh, if that... you won't, then fuck you. And, you know, so, and we kind of like started getting along with him more and we realized that he was a little bit more based than we thought he was. So. Plus, he's an excellent person to hang out with, especially mm. when people are weird and nervous about coming up to meet him. It's the, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But like when he was on Kennedy, like, like he, he straight up looked like a homosexual. <laughs> oh, that was not that was not his best hair. Yeah, going on like on the that. comb over, and like it looked like he should have an earring in his ear. Like it just looked like he should just have one in just this ear while he was on the show. And then he, then Kennedy's just trying to make these jokes about like truckers. Um, and then like she, I don't remember what it is. And like she said that she knew it because knew one term he used because of a movie. And he's like, yeah, like sorry, Kennedy, that wasn't funny in the slightest. Yeah, he he did good, and I, I I I will say I'm saying my boy. He didn't look like a homosexual. He just looked like a country boy that's not used to dressing up, and then has to dress up, and it's like, well, well fuck, what do I do? Like, uh, I'll put some water in the hair. Pull the Ricky Bobby. Yeah, it's like if I don't know what to do with my hands. But also, if a country boy became gay, that's what he would look like too. Only if he sounds like Mr. Slave from South Park. Oh Jesus Christ! So it's a libertarian liberty move. Unity movement kind of dead, or I don't know. It depends on how you look at it, really. I guess, like, 
I mean, I, like, the push for it probably is, but I mean, I mean I, yeah. Well, it's kind of the same thing. It depends on your perspective. Like, I'm not a Libertarian Party guy. We've talked. I'm sure we've all talked about this before. But to put it in perspective, as an like, yeah, as an agorist. <laughs> but to put it in perspective of like the Libertarian Party, like the Mises Caucus guys will like say it's a takeover, but then they'll like on the other brass be like, but we'll unify with whatever whoever. Those seem like opposing concepts, yeah. but they're kind of not because if you really think about it, it's kind of like. If anything, my, one of my criticisms is they don't really lean on the takeover enough. They should be, if, it, if anything, more exclusive. Oh, yeah, they should. Yeah, like, like no we, holds barred should be yeah. just kicking people out of the damn party. Like, we, I know we had that, they, they had that thing with that rod strap guy that they were going to have for vice chair. And I get it. It's an inconsequential position, but it's like you're already kind of like opening the door a little bit and yeah. uh, not a good look. Um, so, if anything, I think they probably are giving too much. But y- you could still be like, from their perspective, it's like, okay, here are our basic values. And if you want to unify with that, we would love it. You, I mean, like you guys can, but if not, yeah, fuck you. Like I, yeah, I, I like so like that is unity in a way, but it's like unity with some uh, with a little bit of a caveat, you know. <laughs> like, so. true. Join us or die in this party. That's essentially yes. what it feels like. Yeah, I think even Michael Heiss was the one to say it was like, look, we're gonna do this, this, and this, and if you don't like it, this isn't going to be the party for you. Yeah, kind of put it on them. It was like, if you're going to stick around, you need to be on board. Uh, otherwise, get out. Go somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So- and then I, I will say on like the flip side, Minnesota, like we literally, you know, fingers crossed, but we just all work together. We don't give a shit which caucus or where you're from or whatnot. It's pretty, I mean, as long as you agree with like the basic tenets of libertarianism, we're pretty cool with each other. And I've even talked to people who aren't in the Mises caucus and about why they're not in the Mises caucus. It's like, okay, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, yeah, we like can I, unify. It's not really a big deal in Minnesota. Now, yeah. if you're talking like Delaware or, you know, New Hampshire, it's like people are freaking nuts on the other side, you know? So, yeah. yeah. If I'm going to put on my party hat and say what you should do if you're a party guy, I think that's fine, like at that level. But now when you get to a point where you're like appointing people in positions of like actually, you know, being some sort of face of the party, yeah, if you're someone who has stances like, Oh yeah, we're all for friggin' I don't know gun control or or enforce the current or whatever. Like then it'd be like, uh, what? No, like sure you can go back at the lower level and do whatever and kind of just be this guy who kind of you know I don't know knocks on doors or whatever the hell. But if you're like supposed to be some sort of like you know chair of a state uh, party or some sort of like the treasurer of the national or whatever, it's like if you're some sort of face that's like people I you know directly identify. I mean, sure, yeah, that, that definitely shouldn't be a thing. I mean, I don't know, you know. Yeah, Strap is, is a no-go for me. I don't think yeah. he's even gotten the Mises endorsement, but they were kind of toying with it, and I was, yeah, yeah, I can't. Do well, it. even I, I think what they were kind of planning on doing is and my read on it. I might be a little wrong because we're a little little bit time removed from the situation. It seemed like it they were either going to endorse him or not endorse him, but 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 not endorse anyone. Like not run anyone like Mises Caucus, which de facto is basically endorsing. So it's like, like no, you're letting this guy have it. There's no reason why, you, like especially with the case of somebody like Josh Smith, like you literally have a guy that is your dude who's like, I'll do this. And I get it. There are probably arguments why maybe Josh isn't perfect in some ways, and like you know, being a busy guy, whatever, whatever arguments you want to give, sure, this increase that, but it's still better than essentially a subversive element within your group. So, like, I mean, someone who has the the right ideas is better than someone who's going to be a face of the party who has the wrong ideas. So, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, like I was hanging out with the chair of the Minnesota party after like a campaign thing for Nate Atkins. He ran for mayor back there on the on the poster board there. I put, put point him out sometimes because I got one of his brochures. But we were we were hanging out after going around wait, ha- waving signs, you know, handing out papers and stuff. And uh, the way he kind of looks at it is that it's essentially the Mises caucus is fighting over a big pile of dog shit and he doesn't care what happens to it because Minnesota hates national. In fact, Minnesota censured national for kicking out Karen and Harlow's right after, right after they booted As her. They should. I will yeah. say though, anytime someone says somebody censored, somebody censored, I immediately just go in my head. I don't care. Because censoring means nothing. It's just bureaucratic waste of time. That's all it is. Or censure. Yeah. 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 It's literally means it nothing. A, it's it's just. It a, was a it, vote of no confidence, which is yeah. way way more cool. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's the great thing about the Minnesota chair is he hates national, so he doesn't do anything with national. And I think that's kind of why we're pretty chill in Minnesota because we don't give a shit about national. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, Minnesota's pretty great, but I, I do want to ask you, Jose, um, you're an agorist. You're all for, you know, take non-political means to become free and all that stuff. I don't know. I'm not a big into agorism. I, I checked in to kind of troll you and Caleb when you read through a Conkins books. Um, but why not New Hampshire? Why not New Hampshire? Like, why, it, it, What do you mean by why not New Hampshire? Like in a it, political sense or like the free state? Project. Like it's like in the like if if New Hampshire is a, is pretty much objectively the freest state, why not go to New Hampshire? Why Florida? Wait, why do I live in Florida? Is that the yeah. question essentially? Yeah, yes. I mean, I live in Florida because this is where I happen to be. <laughs> like when I tell people, when I say things to people, like I, I, I don't even necessarily think this is essentially a, a de facto agorism point or not either. Because uh, agorism is more like counter-economics. I guess maybe you can make some sort of case that like movement like is like sort of a non-political like I don't know. But whatever, you're kind of doing a little bit of gymnastics there. I don't necessarily think it's it's not even agoristic or not agoristic. It's just I think it's just kind of a smart thing to do is to move to places that are more beneficial for you. Because you can even just look at that from an individualistic perspective. Like, what is better for your life? Is it to be in this city or is it to be in this rural area or is it to be in this red state or is it to be in this state that's a little bit better than the other states but i just so happen to be in florida so i'm not when i tell people this i'm not trying to be condescending and be like ha 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 like i'm in florida you peasants you guys are stupid like no i got lucky i just so happen to be in florida like if if like say florida wasn't the state say it was georgia i still probably wouldn't be in georgia like it'd just be a matter of like my financial situation doesn't allow for it but it's a matter of you know where you are in your current predicament and moving to moving with baby steps to a better predicament because i think a lot of people here you know say people say free staters or people who are standing for florida and being like you need to move to these places and that what they hear is you have to like you need to do that and like and then a lot of people it's kind of it's it kind of comes off the same thing as like Pete Buttigieg with the the gas prices in the electric car cuz a lot of people are like what like you want you want me to go just buy Oh yeah, I'll just move across the country. I'll sell my house. I'll quit my job. I'll, I'll do all this shit. And it's like, no, like yeah, like obviously we're telling you this is preferable. If this is not what you can do, like it's within what is a, your ability, and you can. There's always usually baby steps you can make towards it. So, so let's say you're in Cali and you're in a city. Like, I think it's a little ridiculous to expect the normal middle class guy or whatever to just be like especially if they have roots laid down and be like, oh, just move to New Hampshire, move to Florida. And it's like, 
Okay, yeah, maybe that's not reasonable, but you know what might be reasonable for them? Maybe it might be reasonable for them to move into the country or, or, or like, you know, 30 minutes south of wherever they're at where there's a little bit more of a rural area. And, and it'll probably be a little bit more amenable to the type of lifestyle they would like to have. And I think that, you know, to, there is something to concentration when it comes to, like, uh, you know, furthering liberty, um, which is but i also think incentives kind of drives thing, things that way too so it's kind of cool i uh, like i like the free state project uh i i do think it does sometimes come off as a little bit wonky i think kaufman's been doing been a lot better about the messaging and he's kind of seems to be expressing a lot what i'm kind of saying is that like i think if you're saying free state that's it free state i think you're a fucking idiot like if you're just someone that like well you don't care about liberty because you won't move to hampshire or whatever no you're an asshole but now, it, like, I think it's you should move – you should be moving towards liberty to the best as you can within your means. So if that means moving to a rural area, if that means moving to a red state, if that means moving to Florida, if that means doing, moving to New Hampshire, you have to evaluate your subjective, you know, values, what you value, and then also what you can do and go from there. So I was already in Florida. I mean, I have been moving my life a little bit more, uh, you know, counter-economically as time has gone on. I'm still not exactly where I want to be, but I'm moving that way over time. Um, yeah. you know, so it's, it's the same idea with that. And, you know, a lot of people accuse agorists and the same thing as like the free staters of being these binary thinkers of like, well, you must go live in the woods and you must have ammo and you must grow your own things and sell weed or whatever. And it's like, no, there's a million different ways to do it. And no one's saying you have to be a hundred percent all in all in the black market or whatever. It's the same idea. I think, I mean, there are some free staters who do kind of come off as a sort of like they're, they are expressing the binary choice. But I do think it should be more of like a spectrum of like, hey, this is where you should be trying to move towards. Because I, I actually think if you could somehow flick a switch and get all of the liberty-minded people into New Hampshire, I actually think that'd be a fucking disaster. I think that's how you get a civil war. But now if you have a decentralized, rough, loose organization of libertarians that are kind of more or less centralized in some areas and less in others, but it's kind of almost like a – like, you I mean, you were all, a lot of us are crypto nerds. I don't understand. So almost like nodes – you know, kind of loosely connected, but with some sort of loose formation, like an underground railroad for liberty, essentially, then yeah, that'd be great. Like that's like an, that's an entity that the state just cannot take down. It's like insurmountable for them. But now if you're all in one centralized location, that is an entity they can take down. So yeah, it's a little bit different. Like decentralization, that's why it's such a catchy word. It comes off a little bit cheesy sometimes, but there's a reason for it. Yeah. And even in my podunk town here in Louisiana, uh, I've been talking with a lot of the people and I kind of made them aware of the fact that, you know, our city council doesn't have districts and everybody who's on the city council are all related to each other and they all live on the same street. And once I put it to them like that, they're like, oh, well, no, that's got to change. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we, we can't have that. <laughs> I do so, want to I mean, add something. Can... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, you can do little small baby steps like that. Yeah, and even I if do, you're just kind of waking up your little area that's only got a few thousand people in it. And even though while I just said there are preferable things, I'm actually not even saying that New Hampshire is the ideal preference. Like if I could, if I had my druthers and I had was in a financial spot where I could do everything I wanted to do, I actually wouldn't move to New Hampshire. I would actually move to Tennessee where my family is, where we live kind of in the hills. Uh, not exactly in the hills, but we live, it's more of a rural area. There's, I have a lot of family. I have a family support structure. It's a rural area in Tennessee, so kind of a reddish state. So, like, yeah, there are more things in the world than just pure liberty. And even then, I, I would actually make the argument that 
roughly what I have there in a certain sense is more liberty than, you know, if I didn't have a family structure in New Hampshire and just like, you know, I mean, I guess maybe you could find some situation in which I would, but uh, I, it, cause especially being in the country and in a state where you hardly ever see cops, like, you know, out in the backwoods, like, okay, we're kind of, if you're comparing that to like New Hampshire or something, okay, we're getting, we're kind of splitting straw, splitting hairs at that point. Like, yeah, sure. You can be like, technically the state at a state government uh, level is, you know, preferable, but you're like, okay, cool. But if I live in the sticks, it kind of doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) So, yeah. So lots of anarchists up in then their hills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that would be my move. If I could, if I, I would actually, my ideal for me, that's kind of why I mentioned subjective values. Cause that is a thing, you know, especially like with my subjective values uh, of what I value, I would prefer to be in Tennessee if I could be anywhere. But, uh, I mean, and even then I actually probably still prefer Florida over New Hampshire just because I do have some roots here. And, you know, there is something to the whole blood and soil thing. Jeff Dice has said, you know, that he's gotten shit for There's something <laughs> to that, you know? Yeah. So, and I yeah, have more I blood and soil a, in Tennessee than here. So there's a meme. I always tell people it's, reasons to live in minnesota and it just it just says family yeah the only reason you know which you know what that's more important than liberty in my opinion yeah Yeah. so jose you did you had dave smith and sal mayweather on your podcast and they did a debate what did you think of that i I do i do want to real quick say i i set it up as a conversation because that's one thing and i made sure when i promoted it to always say that conversation Yeah, but no, I'm not even giving you shit because I got multiple people <laughs> hating on me being like, oh, you kept like cutting in and like, and uh, this wasn't even really like a good debate or whatever. And like you marketed it as a debate. Like, no, I didn't. The only thing you could say maybe was marketed as a debate was Top Lobster's thumbnail of it, which you could kind of like, it was like face to face and then me yeah. in the middle, which like, I guess you could be like, oh, I interpreted debate from that. But, but even then we're having a conversation about something we disagree upon. Like, but we're, I wanted to approach it more of from a conversation. Like, I got a little bit heated at moments. Um, I, I thought it was a great episode. I thought it was good. Uh, I love Sal, but this is kind of my point. I even brought up to him that like some of his argumentation isn't the best route to go. And he, he, he's kind of says, well, maybe I'm a little bit more diplomatic. I think we, me and him are a little bit different in our, like how we come at it. He tries to make the moral argument for agorism and like, unless you're like more morality is insanely uh, intertwined with consequentialism somehow i just i cannot even wrap my head around the moral argument which i i was actually trying to give him the chance to explain that i still just can't wrap my head around it like because i don't think there's anything necessarily immoral by voting or political action because i do kind of take the lysander spooner take of that like in your head you don't you're you see this as like hey my property's at stake here i'm being put in a situation to where I, you know, have a say in it, you know, it's going to happen one way or the other. I just, as, as an agorist, I would make the point that like, generally speaking, most times those don't actually end up working out to your favor. Even if you do vote one way or the other, like it's like, you're, you're just in the long run, just going to make it worse by like, you know, kind of feeding into that whole, whole situation. So, you know, but at the end of the day, I don't see any necessary immorality in doing it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. So how would you define agorism? Uh, how would I define agorism? I guess just it's kind of just generically like uh, counter economics. Just uh, but it's I don't know. I, I always get sprung on this. I need to come up with a good catchy explanation for it. It's just <laughs> it's kind of living against the state or or trying to kind of start putting more your uh, ideas into practice kind of deal. 
Uh, it's also a little bit of a mindset in a lot of ways too. It's like a, just, you know, like a lot of us, you know, being libertarians, you know, we still have this weird kind of apprehension about like breaking the law or whatever, or like it, it, it but it's like, it's just about a mindset and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the, the, it can literally, like, I like using the example of like the CEO. Like, I think it's a, I want to say it's Warren Buffett or is that the singer? Which one's the mil- no. billionaire? Warren Buffett is the billionaire who eats. Okay, ice Warren cream. Buffett. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there was a story for a while where he would literally. Jimmy not Buffett pay- is the singer. Yeah. Okay, there we go. I always mix up the two. But uh, there's a story, and I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. But there was a period of time where he just straight up wasn't paying taxes at all. And the reason why is because he found he could make, with his, you know, sound investing and such, he could make more money off of that, like whatever money he was going to give to the IRS than the fees they would give him for not paying them. So <laughs> like, and that is like a sense kind of like an agorist mindset. Cause it's like, you're literally just weighing the pros and cons and you're pushing it to the limit. And I think there was a certain point where they really just got on him like hard enough. I don't know what they did, but they're like, come on, like, you can't do this. And they, I don't know if they just started ratcheting up the fines. He got to a point to where the the cons outbenefit the pros. He's like, okay, all right, I'll back off. But you like think about how much like tax skirting he got after that, how much he fed into the economic production of the United States as opposed to the predation, you know, like in that yeah. period of time. Like, well, uh, corporations you know. do that every year anyways because taxes to them is just a cost input, and they just put that in the, uh, in the manufacturer's suggested retail price at the end of the yeah. day. So. Yeah, so it's 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 more of a mindset. Like, uh, I mean, especially for libertarians, just more just getting in that mindset. And then the opposite end, like one thing Conkin likes to talk about a lot too, would be like your people who do, you know, essentially commit crimes, but they don't have any sort of philosophical backing behind it. Like, say somebody who's like a drug dealer, uh, and like they're just selling drugs because they want to sell drugs. And you can kind of explain to them like, oh, well, this is kind of you know sound entrepreneurial stuff you got going on here. Maybe be a little bit more mindful so you don't get caught. Blah 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 blah. You know, there's different ways to do it. Like. Uh, everyone knows I, you know, with my cat business, you know, uh, obviously I'm going to proceed everything here with, you know, everything's a joke for legal reasons, you know, <laughs> like, so, but like, let's just say, for example, I had this business, obviously all this stuff, I just, I, you know, I, I give people cats and they give me a, a, a gift in return. Sometimes it's cash, you know, like, and it being a gift, it's non-taxable, but you know, you, you know what I mean? Like situ stuff like that. I mean, you gotta be smart too. Cause like, especially with stuff like Venmo and stuff like that. If it's over a certain amount, they will like pull taxes of it. So, you know, you just do what you can and it, you figure ways or to kind of dip and dodge around the state. And, you know, it's just more of a mindset thing. And it's not even that I'm saying once again, to bring up the binary thing, no one's saying you have to like be in a binary, like no one's saying like, say with the Warren Buffett example, like he should, if he got to a point to where, you know, and he kind of did to where the government was, leveraging enough force against him to where it was no longer beneficial to continue to not paying his taxes, then yeah, it makes sense at that point to be like, all right, well, I'll just pay the taxes and like, and then maybe find a different avenue that I can kind of push it on, you know? And the more people start doing that, the more you kind of sort of, you know, push back a little bit in certain ways and also open up avenues for actual legit economic production. And yeah. That was my spiel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. I mean that wasn't that was an interesting one, a good good description of agorism. But I know we we've it was been an focusing. Awful description, but... I, I mean, hey, it's better. It's not than very what, concise. I, mean... I need to come up with a good concise one because none of them really are very good concise. It's kind of like it's asking what agorism is in some ways is kind of like asking what like objectivism is because. Oh, 
Yeah, because agorism is define it in 180 characters. Agorism is this ideology that Samuel Edward Conklin the Third kind of roughly made, sort of. So yeah, and and it's the same idea. So it's like, what is agorism? What is it? It's kind of what Conklin said to some extent, and that's not to say I'm some like religious follower of Conklin. If I have disagreements, I have disagreements. Whatever. It's just that's the most apt. uh, The the rough belief system going on there, or not belief system, or uh, whatever you want to call it. That's kind of sort of where I'm at. If I ever change, I, w- I won't use that as a descriptor of me. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of hard to just be like, exactly what is it? And that was actually, I think, part a crux of some of the issue with the, the, the Dave Smith Sal episode is there is a lot to kind of, you know, break down. Uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff we got bogged down in that was like obviously just kind of, uh, you know, different interpretations or, or, or of certain things and stuff like that. Like I know we got bogged down in like the wage slavery thing and like and shit like that in the episode. There was there was a few other sticking points where it's like we were just almost kind of starting talking past each other. But you know it, it would have been nice to if it had been a longer episode. But at the same time, you know somebody like Dave Smith, you get him, you're not going like, hey, you want to do a? Th- can we do two episodes or can we make this a four hour? Like what what are we doing here? <laughs> you got to respect his time a little bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just send them out like the definitions ahead of time, and just like check the ones that yeah. you agree with. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that debate, though. It was fun. Yeah, it, it was good. I mean, Thanks hopefully, it. yeah, no, I mean, and hopefully, maybe one day I'll get to have this a similar conversation with Dave of my own because I do think me and Sal come at it from different perspectives. Which, if you watch that episode, you can kind of see where we kind of differ a little bit, and, and it maybe it's a matter of just like emphasis. Although I don't agree with his moral argument at all. And I've told him this. I just, I cannot even wrap my head around it. Uh, and, that, and, and it's weird that like that seems to be like the go-to. And I'm like, you have such a good practical argument. I think there's a decent practical argument to be made in certain ways. Yeah. So like, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I just come down on agorism as it's just another tool that you can put in the toolbox. It's like not really a, a philosophy or anything that she. Well, that's counter. You just either do that's, agorism that's, or you're not. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, that, that's that's actually kind of the misunderstanding too. Is that when people will say like stuff like that, that's a little bit of a misunderstanding because agorism is the in the entire uh, you know philosophy of uh, a political philosophy of Edward Konkin, whereas something like counter economics is what you're talking about. I mean, this is where people get caught up. Because a lot of agorists will like really spurg out. No, that's a fair see, point. Yeah, a lot of people will see a lot of agorists will spurg out when they see somebody say something like that. And then this is where you get this point where people start talking past each other because it's like you're uh, you you guys are disagreeing on terms, but then a lot of times people don't even really like argue those terms. So like they, they just are already just talking past each other. And it's like if you st- stood back a second, and you're like whoa 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 whoa, like you're defining it this way, I'm defining it this other way. Like here's a disagreement here. Uh, and that, that's where a lot of it comes from. Cause you'll see people would be like, well, why can't you just, why can't we, you just do both? And you're like, well, okay, well, agorism is very specifically anti-political, very specific. Like it's kind of a big deal in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he made an emphasis on that. So, yeah. See, see my, my biggest criticism with the, with agorism is that it feels like the Conference argument back, that, yeah. that it feel, well, it feels like the argument that the state will eventually just like, break apart because of your non-compliance with it 
almost feels a little bit like the whole communist thing where they're like the state once we implement socialism the state will wither away around us and then we'll reach our anarcho-communist world and it feels like that and i just find it so hard to buy into these worldviews that are just like imply that the state's just going to wither away without you taking proactive action against it yeah so, the, that is a, a somewhat fair I'm actually reworking right now. Me and Sal are actually doing a live reading series of New Libertarian Manifesto where he covers that aspect of it. I've already done an Agris Primer with Caleb Brown, and it doesn't really go much into that book, that idea of what you're getting at. And uh, from what I – me and Sal are like right there, so we're about to go through it again. So I'll, obviously if this was like a week or two from now, I'd be able to give you a clear idea of like, oh, yeah, I just read that. I could tell you for sure. But – at least for me, I mean, let's if Konkin is characterizing it in that specific way of this, like all together, it's just going to magically transform the state. I, I somewhat disagree with them in a certain sense, but I, I'm not entirely sure that's how he is characterizing. I think it might be a matter of perspective because I do think agorist action. And this kind of plays into what I was talking about earlier with the like, you know, kind of sense like it's kind of moving towards your incentives, acting your incentives, you know, in relation to uh like the Florida, New Hampshire, or moving to rural areas, moving to red states, where you kind of create this underground, decentralized liberty network, uh, if you will. Like, you know, especially once you start engaging in the counter-economics, you start creating like sort of like, you know, especially as it develops, you know, this is how economics works, you'll have more trade routes, whatever, that it might be slightly more counter-economically, whether that's a gray market, fully black market, and it will push back on the state in some regards. Am I saying... When I say that, am I saying that like the state is going to like, you know, we're going to kind of have a communist, it's going to be a revolution. And this is one thing. He does call it the agorist revolution. I'm not entirely sure it will be this like flip of a switch and we, we take over the whole United States. But I think there may, there in the future, there probably will be areas that are more agoristic or more liberty prone. And, and I, but I think on the flip side, and I've kind of incorporated some of a, um, uh, popular liberty's thoughts on this when it comes to like his archotropism idea. I do think there is something when you're talking about like power or whatever, there is kind of this like, you know, when you have like more liberty in one area, you tend to have more authority in another. So I do think in the future we will see more liberty minded areas, but then we're also going to see other areas that are more authoritarian. So we'll end up having a state where simultaneously existing, you have kind of exactly what, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Florida people want it to become or what New Hampshire is kind of projected to become. But on the other hand, you also have the Californias of what exactly everyone thinks it's going to become, you know, like, so you end up having these simultaneous things at the same time. So in a certain sense, you can make the case that, you know, there was an agorist revolution in this one area where you are seeing it. it it's, it kind of plays in this binary thinking that we kind of have. Cause when we think of how things work, we're still very much trapped in this national paradigm that we're like, Oh, the whole United States, we're going to like through agorism, you know, the we'll shut off the federal government, whatever. Like, sure. Yeah. Maybe kind of on like an individualistic basis or a localistic basis, but the idea that you're going to do as a whole nation, like, yeah, sure. Theoretically over time, but like it, even that would be like way far off in the future. Like, and, and I don't even know about that. I mean, at the end of the day, all I really care about I mean, yes, I do care if like other places see Liberty, but at the same time, like it gets to a point to where, you know, say if Cal California goes full on commie and Florida and New Hampshire kind of go where people sort of expect them to go. At a certain point, it's kind of a little bit on you if you're still like, I love this place over here in California. It's like, I get it. It gets harder and harder to get out. But, you know, at a certain point, it's kind of like, okay, like it's pretty obvious what's going on here. Like, I mean, yeah, it sucks. You didn't move. I feel for you. But, you know, like, 
I don't know. It, that, that is preferable. And that, and I see things like agorism as being something that kind of drives things that way. So that was a little well, long Yeah. If you just think of the state as a cancer and if you, you know, don't pay taxes, you know, does that mean you're going to cure the cancer or, but no, but you can like minimize it and like it, you can't tell me it doesn't do anything to do counter economics and stuff like that. And more people yeah. that do that, you know, the better life is going to get for, you know, people all around. Yeah. But, I mean, really yeah, at the end of the yeah, day, it'd be okay. great if everyone just all of a sudden that once did that and maybe with technology growing and, you know, cryptocurrencies, maybe something like that's in the future. Who knows? Yeah. But you know, like every little thing you can do, just, just yeah. do it. Yeah, and the more people that start behaving in this entrepreneurial manner, the more it opens up other economic options for others. You know, like the common example used is things like crypto, things like, uh, you know, people will even use example. And a lot of people will get like mad about this one, but like stuff like, uh, God, what's the one that took over the taxi one? Uber, Uber and Lyft and shit. And I get it. Those aren't perfectly in the black market. That they, they do have some governmental controls, whatever, that have seeped their ways in. They're, they're very much gray market, though. They busted up the, a lot of the taxi cartels, um, you know, so it was it's still preferable to that system. And so once you start having people more operating in these areas, it kind of starts having people behave their incentives. And that's kind of a lot of ways the beauty of actually utilizing our principles and incorporating them to the economic market, because it's like you don't necessarily say with the, the example of, of crypto. Yes, there are people who very much get into the uh, economic theory or the the, liber the political philosophy of how this could be useful. But a lot of people, a lot of people are just like, hey, uh, number go up. Well, that's cool. Like I can make money off this or, you know, say some of the Uber Lyft example, like this is cheaper and more convenient than the taxi. Yeah. Why wouldn't I do it? This make this is a no brainer. And it, it kind of moves things that way. And the more people interact with it, and it very much is a, I feel like in a lot of ways, agorism is very much a like, go fucking do shit type ideology. And I think, uh, and, and like, I don't want to dog on people in the political arena too much, but if you're going to do it, at least make sure you're prioritizing your personal situation uh, over everything. It, it, the only time you really should be playing these political games is if you're in a point to where you're like, this is somehow like advent, like, I, I don't know. You have so much free time on your hands. You, you don't have a, like you can't better yourself or, or, or whatever. I mean, I guess if you get some sort of supreme value out of the, the, the interactions in it, sure. But even then I would make the argument, I go to LP shit. I just don't do any of the other stuff. I just hang out. So <laughs> like, you can do that. You don't have to do the other shit. So no one says you have to go knock on doors or whatever. Like if you're some broke, uh, 23 year old and you're you're knocking on doors because you think it's that important you know what's probably a little bit more important your own well-being and maybe you should start interacting with the market so you know I, I, maybe that makes me an asshole but it's a little bit true and that's not to say I'm like rich in a perfect economic situation but I'm also not knocking on doors so, like, yeah. I mean yeah 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 I understand that I don't know agorism is an interesting animal but Okay, we've been kind of talking a little bit about Jose's thing for a bit. So, Eric, why don't you tell us, what is Childerberg? What is uh, it, man? Well, it's uh, totally not a cult. I know what it looks like. A bunch of dudes hanging out in the in the woods somewhere. And they all start chanting about the vibe and everything. But, yeah, it's, it's totally not a cult. No, it's the, uh, it's the answer to uh, Porkfest, but in the South. 
So uh, that's kind of the thing that uh, we've been gearing it up to be is the uh, the Pork Fest version uh, in Texas. So it's a uh, Liberty event happens uh, every year on Memorial Day weekend. So it's uh, coming up this uh, at the end of May. Uh, it's going to be at the Mule Shoe Bend Recreational Area out in uh, Texas. It's uh, right outside Austin in a little town called uh, Spicewood. Hmm. I see. So it's just like a little like wannabe pork fest. Yeah, kind of. It's it's kind of starting that way, but uh, soon, very soon, it will be bigger than pork fest. Uh, that's uh, that's the goal. So uh, last year we had about 200 people show up. We had a nice little event out at the uh, Iron Wolf Distillery. We had uh, Robbie the Fire Bursting out there giving a comedy. Uh, we had uh, a couple of bands show up. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty fun. Pretty fun. Hmm, I see. And like, what what's with the? Uh, it's got the. I'm sorry. I'm trying to figure out the name of it. The jackalope thing for like the logo. What <laughs> is that? Why? Simply yeah, lie. that's the uh, that's the the German version of uh, jackalope. It's called a Volpinger. It's uh, got horns, uh, fangs, and bat wings. So it's uh, we've always been kind of uh, a little bit cryptid uh, plus around uh, Childerberg. So uh, on the other shirt, I wish I would have wish I would have grabbed it. We have like space aliens and glue and wine, of course, because uh, <laughs> tasting anarchy is another podcast that uh, Jake Lindsay does. And he's the guy that's uh, that's done all the logistics for it. This all started as a stupid joke from uh, Car Camp It. So, <laughs> I mean, hey, man, great jokes can turn into terrible things like Tower Power. Tower Power. Hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like the like the cryptid thing. I love cryptid stuff. Like, I, there's almost a part of me that almost wants to move to West Virginia just so I can wander around in the woods in the middle of the night. Oh, West can Virginia just... has so many. We've got the Flatwoods Monster. There's the uh, the Mothman. Yeah, Snallygaster. Yeah, I could just. I remember as like a kid when I was like twelve, I would just w sit and I just watch videos about all these cryptids and just watch all this stuff for ages. Like it's kind of shit out of myself, but but I'd be scaring myself just watching this stuff, and I loved it so much. It was so fascinating. Yeah, the sad yeah. thing is most of us grow out of it, you know. So like you know, you're a perfect <laughs> example of this, David. So <laughs> you'll get there. Yeah, yeah my so kids. I, my kids ask me all the time why I'm like such a big fan of like cryptids and stuff i was like because it's nonsense and it's fun come on yeah have a little fun people it's like it's like it doesn't have to exist kind of like economics but you can enjoy it yeah and there, exactly. there are some cryptids you're like okay there's something to it there's always like in your head like there's at least like a usually some story behind it maybe some sort of truth especially when you're talking about stuff in like the ocean like okay there's some like legit possibilities there like yeah. I mean, it's a big thing, but then there is like the more time goes on, some of the cryptics become cryptids more become more unbelievable. Like say, like Bigfoot stuff like that. It's like obviously, like, okay, the woods has been like scoured. Like how have there not been? But things like the ocean, you're like, I don't know. There could like Loch Ness. I think they did a whole like uh, they did a whole like uh, they've done multiple like full scans of all of like Loch Ness. I don't think they found anything, but. Like, yeah. you know, things that are, like, ocean-bound things. You're like, I don't know. Giant squids were, like, I don't even think we – was it one, wasn't until, like, the last century or so that even then it was still, yeah, like – one actually on got fence. beached off of Florida. Yeah. The giant squid so. that just washed up on the beach somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And those were things head. of legends forever. Like, everyone would see the things of the big squids and think they were just bullshit. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just want the I just want all this stuff in West Virginia just to be real because I love it so very much. <laughs> God, I remember we were, when Adam Nutter was on the show a couple episodes back. Uh, we talked to him about about like some of this stuff, and he mentions these like 
this missing code for people who go missing in state parks and how all where all their locations are where they're eventually found line up perfectly with this cave system that goes underneath the United States. And that stuff's creepy, but God, I love it. Yeah, the missing persons thing in uh, state parks has been a thing for a while. There's uh, one detective, I think it was like a former Chicago police detective, and he's kind of makes it seem like that's actually like the work of a serial killer. So, I mean, hey, I've heard of I've heard less ludicrous explanations for that sort of thing, man. I don't know. I I just really enjoy the cryptid stuff. I don't know, man. I could just go on for ages just talking about it. You know what? We're going to West Virginia, guys. Pack your bags. We're going. <laughs> I don't know. I could do it. You gonna start singing country roads for us? Oh God, no! God, no. <laughs> I don't know. So, guys, um, thoughts on Ukraine and what's going on there? What are your thoughts on like just the absurdity that is our politicians clamoring for a nuclear war? War bad. Well, should... war bad yeah, there's bad. this big country, and it's next to this little country. <laughs> <laughs> big country, good. Little country, uh... bad. Did you see Wait, the video put out by? Uh, did you see the video put out by AOC today about uh, no fly zones? Was she wearing made... all white and crying in front of a, some gate or something? No, no, no. She actually made she the case that putting a fly zone, uh, a no fly zone in place, is tantamount to a declaration of war. And then one of the Republicans like retweeted the video and says, "For everyone who is clamoring for no fly zones, congratulations! You are now dumber than AOC." <laughs> I mean, it works. Oh man, did you see when the when Adam Kissinger retweeted that Sam Hyde meme when it came to the ghost of Kiev? Uh, Samuel Hyde. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he can't keep getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, how dumb do you have to be to fall for that old joke, dude? You're or aren't you showing on, like footage it? from Arma Three and saying this is the ghost of Kiev. <laughs> yeah, I just. <laughs> Lord, like, just how stupid can our politicians be? Like, it almost makes me reconsider my notion that they're just evil and just think that they might just be stupid. No, they Jeff Dice, oh, they're stupid oh. and evil. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's probably, like, something like 90-plus percent of them that are stupid and then, like, it, a lot of people that are, like, evil. And I, like, a lot of times quit this, like, how, kind of, like, when I was in, in, in like, active duty military and how, like... I mean, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily call it evil, but there are definitely people who are like power seekers and, and work, act through those incentives. And then you have a lot of stupid people who just kind of bumble their way into like positions of power. So, and then what typically happens is the, the shittier ones are the ones who do all the dumb shit, the hoops you got to jump through to be, get like higher amounts of power, and they end up being the ones running the show. So, and then you end up with, you know, kind of a middle class of people who kind of suck, and then the elites are the ones who like. Or, or, or stupid, and then you end up with, like, the elites that are just kind of, like... I mean, they're still not impressive people, but they're, like, at least people that acted their incentives, and those incentives are kind of what are apt to have shitty people. So, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just... Just, it feels like most of the politicians are just quite literally meat goblins to be controlled by people like <laughs> Nancy Pelosi and, like, all of the higher-ups, you know, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney those types you know the ones that you hear about well everyone else is just a meat goblin who's just told listen to us go along with our platform be an obedient little surf or whatever and help us become the you know children blood-sucking monsters that they are meat goblins well, is what think... I call these <laughs> <laughs> 
I think some of the evil is just that they don't care. So that's why they're incompetent, because they don't give a shit. Oh, why not? They got there's, a forty thousand dollar refrigerator with fifteen dollar a pint uh, ice cream in it, so Yeah. I know. They're like honey it, badgers, they don't give a shit. It's like all of these wars that go on, whether it be like Yemen or Russia, they don't they don't care no matter the consequences of their actions, like how them arming literal Nazis in Ukraine. They don't care about their con the consequences for those actions. Like they think, like there are innocent people who are hurt by these neo Nazis, and albeit they're not all of Ukraine. I'll, I'll I'll go out and just say that before someone decides to go re at me for saying it. But they don't. They ignore the basic consequences of their actions that innocent people get hurt because hey, it helps them get their friends in power. I just love how we had like the war on terror, and those we just killed a bunch of people and did nothing productive, and then we had like the whole COVID thing and now we're having this and it's just kind of like the destiny of libertarians to watch the world as they just kind of fall for the next thing every single time. Yeah. Yeah. And I've often said that uh, whenever the government wages war on something, get ready because you're about to get way more of that thing. So when we had the yeah. global war on terrorism, we had terrorists like springing up out of the woodwork because of all the interventions and everything. You know, we had a war on poverty from Johnson. We got way more poverty than there was in the country before. You know, war on drugs. Now we got a whole bunch of new drugs and dangerous drugs because people are cooking the shit up in their bathrooms. So, yeah. Wait, yeah government equals bad. How's that for economics, Jose? <laughs> Say what? How's that for your counter-economics, making stuff in your bathtub? I mean, as long as you're churning out good product, you know. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I always taste test my shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, mm, yeah, this is a this is a baby diuretic, so we don't. Yeah. We, I'm not gonna snort this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you know, it almost makes me wonder. So you know how difficult it is to get a constitutional amendment? How'd they get a constitutional amendment of all things to outlaw alcohol? Like, how much work did those crazy women put in to get alcohol? Molly made Hatchet illegal? and the Temperance Movement. <laughs> that's, all the, that's all the dudes are at war. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The Nineteenth Amendment yeah. and its consequences for mankind. Yeah. Now, if we like took the, if we took Murray Rothbard's theory of the how you own your children and we extend it to women, it would solve so many problems. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. Very yeah, true. It, it solves rape. It solves like solves like molestation, all that stuff. It all just becomes property violations, and way more easier to understand. Yeah. <laughs> you bring it before the uh, you know a mediator or an arbitrator, and they totally know what to do with it. It was like, oh, well, this is yeah. Obviously, you use this property without permission. So yeah, what's the going rate for a uh, for a woman of your wife's caliber? And this is what we will recompense you for the man who cheated uh, cheated with your wife. Well, we'll bring in three madams from the local brothels to determine your wife's value per hour. You, am I even having this conversation right now? What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, David is a minor, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're libertarians, though. I'm, we're all okay with child labor okay. and working in the mines. Yeah. You know, the coal mines, right? It's an implicit because, you, consent because I'm on the show. He asked me yeah, to be did, here. So. Yeah, have yeah. you seen, did you see that also one? Care. Did you see that one meme where that person tweeted out, between their love of Minecraft and caves, children yearn for the mines. We need to <laughs> re-legalize child labor. <laughs> 
I mean, yes, but also at the same time, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm cool, Charlie, bro. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm, fi I'm fine with it. Listen, man, you send your kid to go in the mines. I don't care. Yeah. Everyone who has been in a Chinese restaurant in the United States has seen child labor up close and personal. So, if you guys, if anyone thinks if you legalize child labor, kids would start going to the mines in mass, you obviously haven't met kids. Like, part of the reason why they don't go in the mines is because we don't have the economic necessity for it anymore to that extent. Sure, yeah. maybe there'd be some poor kids going to the mines, but you know what? If they're in a situation where they're going to the mines, it's probably because their family really fucking needs it. Like, <laughs> so who are you to be like, yo, you can't go in the mines? Like, okay, well, I'm going to starve, so... Who's Do you ever think about that? Like, you know, 200 years ago or whatever, like, my kids would be in a mine, and it's like, you would not survive, kid. No. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't listen to me. Like, can you imagine, like... Hey, NGMI, it'd be like not a full time. It. It'd be like a full-time job being like, no, pick up the coal, put it in the bucket, tie your shoes, <laughs> go get <laughs> Yeah. Can I go back on my cell phone, bro? The canary just died. Yeah, I was uh, I was playing one of the Assassin's Creed games. It was the one that was uh, set in England in the, like the eighteen seventies, so oh. right at the Industrial Revolution, and like the opening scene shows like this kid getting crushed by this huge uh, iron wheel, and my son was looking. I was like, well, why is a kid there? I was like, dude, everyone was poverty stricken. That kid had to be there, otherwise they didn't eat. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, I don't know, it's weird too. Like I worked manual labor, like construction and landscaping all through high school as a kid. So it's like, I don't know, like how much is, is the mines really that much worse than like literally roofing or like framing or, you know, being out weed eating for 12 hours a day? Like, I, I mean, how much worse is it really? I mean, I've never worked in a mine. I mean, it's a kind of a genuine question. I don't know. I have a hard time believing it's that much worse. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like. So, and even when I was looking into it, like the child labor, I mean, every, all of the adults kind of knew that a kid can't really do much as far as the physical labor yeah. part. So, I mean, they were put on jobs like, you know, sweeping up, you know, going to go fish, uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, they weren't really put into too dangerous a situation. Useful That's, job skills. Like, yeah. the, like, instead, now you have guys who are like 18, 19, 20 that like maybe start working on job sites. And now they're the gopher bitch. Like, go for this tool. Go for that tool. All right, clean yeah. up the job site. Whereas it used to be, it used to be the, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 year olds. And then once they started getting to high school, they could actually start having some skilled work, start learning a trade because they've gone yeah. past the basics. I mean, like, it, I don't know. It's, it is, I mean, I guess maybe it's a little bit of an old timey thought, but it's like, is that really that bad? Like, I mean, obviously if you're in a situation where you, your kids don't need to do that, that's great. But, you know, and also when I was a kid, like I didn't, it's not like I needed the money. I just did it because I wanted to. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I like I started working at 14. I guarantee you everything I learned working at a McDonald's was five times more beneficial than half the crap they teach me in a public school. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and now you know why Praxis more. exists. So. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love just when Jordan Peterson was on. He was on Joe Rogan recently. And he's like talking about like working in like sweatshops and trying to like make the argument for sweatshops and it just feels like it's out of nowhere for jordan peterson <laughs> you see people tweeting about it oh we gotta put them uh, in the sweatshops like... and uh and they're they're all cleaning their room in the morning so they can go out and slay the dragons yeah yeah and it's just and then also like a lot of those statistics they use for like child labor like most of those people are just 
kids who were working on their farms, you know? Sam was getting accosted by lot lizards, so he had to move, yeah. and we, we lost him. Yep. <laughs> they caught up to him. Rest in peace, soldier. You will be missed. Yeah. But, like, most of those kids, a lot of those kids were probably just farm laborers who worked on a farm with their family. And it wasn't like they were working in the coal mines, you know, digging up stuff. It's not like even in the coal mines that they were digging up stuff. They can't, like, they don't have the physical strength to, to do that. Yeah, but so we I, just, you know, hear those two words together, child labor, and then we just automatically assume the worst. So. I don't know, man. I don't know. Media has done a good job uh, brainwashing everybody. I I love the hissy fit that everyone threw after the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire tweeted about that. It's like it's good old Jeremy Coffin. Sorry, guys. It's literally on the Libertarian Party platform. It was pretty genius, really. I know a lot of people give him shit for it. A lot of people even still to this day are very much like, they've kind of like backed off a lot in their criticisms. But like even some like a lot of people like the Mises Cockers like, I don't know. That's a little too hard. And I'm like, nah, dude, that was fucking beautiful. Like if you're playing this party game, like, like if anything, my only hope, it, like my best case scenario for the Libertarian Party, like it would be to go so friggin' hard that they get like, basically forcibly disbanded by the government <laughs> like, and, and you know what then you still have this loose camaraderie of people and you've kind of yeah now you're operating talk about a sales tool session. yeah i think that would be uh, like amazing. we went so hard in the paint we got banned by the government yeah, yeah. and I, I don't mean by being like insanely well, I mean, every time mean, every time we go over the top in that sort of direction we just blow up and you know like nothing bad happens yeah. So why not do it? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Even down here in Louisiana, one of my buddies, uh, Keith Thompson, he was the uh, the media guy, and he put out this uh, tweet, and it was just like the Libertarian Party logo, you know, Libertarian Party of Louisiana, and it goes, re-legalize recreational cocaine. And that uh, Facebook post got so many views and likes, we sold a ton of t-shirts off of it, you know, got some media interviews, really? and it's like, what do you mean, cocaine? You know, because everyone's like, okay. you know, make the weed legal and everything, but... We kind of went a little bit hard, and they, they got a lot of eyeballs on us. So, I mean, nice. yeah, I'll have then, to try that. Yeah, and then <laughs> they and then they did that little, and then they the New Hampshire did that little billboard with the with Biden at the Hitler stash, I believe, uh, and that got them a ton of attention. And people are just whining about it. It's like they're doing they're five times more productive. They get five times the interaction that LP National ever has. Yeah. I'm sorry, when was the last time you saw uh, people talking about what the National Libertarian Party has tweeted out? And I even see like a lot of the Mises Caucus, like the Mises Caucus Twitter itself. It feels a little bit lukewarm, considering that like I, I see New Hampshire uh, all the time. It's just, I don't know. I, I like New Hampshire's method. They're like actually radical. Yeah, you got to take the piss out of everybody. That's what you got to yeah. do. It also really helps it let you know who it is is like a bad faith actor. So yeah. All right, guys. Sam finally had to drop. He could, he no, you made a good up. point. You made a good point. That last point, like uh, I know I've said many times, like the, like the the you know I'm not a big party guy, but if you're going to play this game, like yeah, this whole idea that we need to be amenable to everyone, like no, like uh, like you with something like the child labor thing, you. Like, it allows you to identify the bad actors. It also allows you to create this shining beacon for those who do identify with you. Like, holy shit, look at this guy. And it's like, I mean, 
I don't know. For example, like even with my own Twitter, like, I mean, I don't do it as much as often, but every now and then, like if I have like a spicy take that I know a lot of people will like, especially if something can be interpreted multiple ways. And I, I will look for the people who interpret the bad way and come at me in a certain <laughs> way and I'll just block them. Cause it's like, Oh, you were essentially given a choice. I can't think of one that comes to mind right now, but I guess the, the, the uh, the child labor thing works well because it's like if you immediately are coming at someone cross for that, you took the worst possible interpretation. Like you just did. Like, and you are already operating us, operandus mo, uh, Monday or whatever uh, of like, oh, this is how I behave. And it's like, I don't have anything to do with you until you can straighten that up. Like, I mean, I, especially like on something like Twitter where it's like, it's, it's quick and fast interactions. You don't have the time to be like, well, you know what? Like, I'm going to interact with this guy. You know, we'll have a long, drawn-out <laughs> Facebook argument type style and be like, oh, well, you know, oh, well, you know, okay, well, this is why you think that way. Like, no, you don't yeah. have time for that stuff when you're dealing with this sort of no, mass I'm, I'm not your I'm not your Google. You know, yeah. You can look that shit up yourself. Yeah. yeah. You, like, either block, ignore, or ridicule the people who come at you in bad faith and the ones who – and the people who disagree with you that uh, do it in a good faith manner, those are people you can still like keep around, interact with, yeah. maybe even explore why they think that way. Maybe you learn something from it. And then obviously the people who agree with you, you found your family. Like that's kind of, yeah. I think the way I to do, interact. I do that with my in real life uh, yeah. lefty progressive friends. Yeah. But no, for real too, if there are people in real life that are appar- uh, like always interacting with you in a bad faith way, why would you continue to interact with them? Like yeah. why? Like, like why, why are you so stuck on uh winning over this one person and you could be redirecting your time to finding other people you know what i mean like at certain points like it's just a matter of uh, maximizing your time and you know also yeah. making also it's kind of having respect for yourself like why would you you know want to surround yourself with people like that yeah so. you don't owe anybody your time yeah and when i go after a blue check on twitter it's like all right i'm gonna get blocked by that blue check it's still gonna be visible to those that follow that blue check you yep. may see the thread and was like, oh, I wonder why that guy thinks that way. Yeah, that's kind of like uh, one thing that kind of came up in my like pulpo, you know, debate, if you call it or whatever it was. Like, it's kind of like a lot of people give me shit. Like, oh, you guys, you go hard at some people and like, and like, but then you block like crazy. I'm like, yeah, but if that person blocked me, I entirely inspected that and I wouldn't even care. Like, I, you're never going to find me complaining about blocking. Like, if I'm coming at someone some sort of way. I almost expect them to block me. Like, you know, if at that point I'm intentionally kind of identifying like me as blatantly disagreeing with you, like, and we are not friends, like you're borderline the enemy. If I'm coming yeah. at you, speaking of way. blocking, just block Nick Sarwark and get it over with yeah. and don't yeah. let him infect your timeline. Yes. I'm, I got blocked by him. That was the goal, man. I just wanted that's, to get blocked by him. That's so an I achievement. I, had, I think I had blocked him long before he had a chance to block me. So, mm. Yeah, man, I'm. I, I'll take it. I will take the next Sarwark block, and I ratioed him in the process, so yeah, it works, man. It and works. Now, now my next target is Brianna Coyle. Just block <laughs> it and move on. She blocked me a long time ago, dude. I got blocked for, like, I I've come at Brianna for just stupid things before, and like hostile, like, and like I've tweeted like it's clearly a hostile response. My like when I tweet like some of her really stupid and terrible takes. And then I give like a very reasonable response to her saying something about like the COVID stuff and how, if that brought you over and not the murdering of black people, then you probably should reconsider yourself. And I'm just like, for most people, they don't see cops as they see cops as simply doing their jobs. Like that's how the, that's the paradigm that most people think in. And the COVID regime is just a massive like upheaval of what, 
are social norms. It's going to be much more blatant tyranny yeah. to the average person. And so I hit her with that, and she blocks me for it. Yeah, and at this day and age, if we're worrying about uh, over-policing, then you're not paying attention to what else is going on out there. I mean, there was some big-time violations of everybody's rights during the during the COVID tyranny crap. And, uh, yeah, if that's what your takeaway, and, and, you know, and I'm guilty of it because I have a taxationist theft bumper sticker on my car. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not going out there and just, you know, typing that in. It was like, oh, hashtag, by the way, taxationist theft. It's like it, it, nobody cares about that argument anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, I think we should wrap it up here. It's been great having you guys on. Why don't you guys give us your plugs? Eric, you go first. Wrong way. Eric, you go first, then we'll go to Jose. <laughs> yeah, so you can find me at uh, RWAC Podcast, uh, just like you see right down here. Uh, that's my uh, Twitter handle. That's uh, one of the social medias I go to the most. Uh, it's the same thing on uh, Float if you're going to get over there. Uh, also, you can find me on YouTube for the time being until I go full, full bore with uh, Odyssey and uh everything else and also if you guys want to tune in for the audio streams of course i'm available on anchor and every uh other conceivable podcatcher out there uh and uh, i come to childerberg at the end of may and uh i'm jose galison my show is no way jose you can find me on youtube all the major audio podcatchers odyssey as well you can follow me at 2020 no way jose on twitter uh you know things and promoting um I may or may not, I'm still kind of working it out, have some sort of debate between Stefan Gonsella and Friedman, uh, David Friedman. I'm trying to figure out like kind of exactly where they're coming from so I can formulate a good resolution. I was supposed to do it this coming Tuesday, but I think I may actually uh, see if Friedman will just, because I already did an episode with Kinsella, which was really good to where, kind of get where he's coming from when it comes to consequentialism versus deontology, like different basis of your, like it's uh, ethical theories, essentially is what they're called. Uh, kind of how that you episode base, today. It was great. Yeah, it was a good one. It was there was a lot in there. Um, I'm thinking about like uh, postponing the debate and doing a similar episode with Friedman, so I can see where he's coming from, so I can formulate a resolution. Because when you're dealing with these type of deep things, it's very meta, it's very nuanced. So to come up with a fair resolution is kind of hard. You're like, <laughs> it's not as simple as just yeah. Well, you can't you, just wing that one. You actually have yeah. to put some thought into it. So. Yeah. So I know, that, that's the thing I'm working on. So. Next Tuesday, I'll either probably have Friedman on or I'll have them both. I mean, if I somehow manage to come up with a really good resolution by then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we brought up my Dave Smith episode I did a while ago. Um, working on a, a live reading series with Sal, too, right now. I have playlists for that. So, oh, my Anarchist Handbook episodes. I have a, uh, I have an episode dropping with uh, Tommy and Simon Sue and Voltaire and Claire. Uh, that'll probably drop on Tuesday. That was, a, that was a really good one. So, But, yeah, that's all I got. I'm throwing it on now. Yeah, so, of course, Sam had to jump, jump off, but you can follow him on Facebook, I guess. I included the link to his Facebook in the channel in the video description. You can also follow him as Stay Classical on Twitter, although he doesn't tweet that much. Uh, for me, Twitter handle's right there, RealDavidBJr. You can follow me there. I'm working my way towards 1,000. I'm almost there, around 925-ish. only joined on, in June, so I'm pretty proud of that. Help me join on my journey to get the Dave Smith and the Michael Malice follows. I'm working on it. Uh, so we got, so you can follow me there on Twitter. You can also follow me on Instagram. The link is down below in the description. David M. Brady Jr. You can follow me there. I don't know. I mostly post, post pictures of like scenery and my cat. I don't know. Sometimes my little sisters, if they do something that's kind of cute, I don't know. 
It depends. So you can follow me there. Also on Gab and Minds. I don't remember what my handles are there. I don't know. I don't really go on there much. I'm mostly a Twitter guy. If you want to support the show, you can also follow on Odyssey. It'd be great to have you there. Uh, and you can also support the show, so that way we can upgrade the StreamYard. And there's none of that terrible StreamYard logo in the corner anymore. If you want to support and help upgrade the show, uh, subscribe to the Patreon. Even if it's like just $2, $5 a month. If, if you can, help me make sure that I, we can have a decent Patreon uh a, a Patreon following, so that way I can upgrade the show. I don't know. I was just rambling there because I saw a comment. Uh, Jacob, Jacob's yeah, like... Yeah, good old Jacob. You're no. going to grad for Tower Power Hour. Do it. Do it, Jose. It, it doesn't happen. come easy, Jacob. I've only been on once. Okay, <laughs> just once. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. I know. Um, <laughs> I, I talked with Caleb Brown, and he was like he wanted to go on and just hop on for just five minutes just so he could say screw you to Jacob that he got on Tower Power Hour before <laughs> yeah. he did. So I heard about that. But again, you can follow me on all those platforms. Support on uh, Patreon if you'd like to. Subscribe on Odyssey in case we said something that get us banned. You know, I kind of say it, Adrenochrome, whatever. Uh, I just feel like I haven't made that joke in a while. Yeah, Jacob, you've what, been missing. two hours? <laughs> Jacob, you've been missing from Twitter. I miss you, man. Get more active there. I miss you, man. I know. The joke is losing its luster. We're either gonna have to drop it or actually bring you on at some point. So, uh, it's just it's, the joke no longer is good. So, you know, that's the only way you can make the joke better. Either. Yeah, but we're liberty types. We will drive a joke into the ground, dig it up, yes. and then drive it into the ground again. Yes. So. Uh, you bring him on when you're 12 shots in. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. It was great having you here. I hope everyone chooses to support the show. It was great having you guys on. Check out their shows if you can. I don't know. Maybe Jacob's heard of your shows. Who knows? But thank you, guys. You guys have been wonderful. Thanks, David. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everybody. You have